Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Today is... um, a kind of an interesting episode today. I'll I'll deal with the news, but we also have a letter which has been confirmed by multiple sources, both by Bellingcat and by Gulagunet, and there are other people who've um, confirmed it separately. A letter from the Special Services of the Russian Federation, which was sent to multiple multiple places. Uh, as far as I get it, the prime source is Gulagunet, which is a reliable, respectable source, but this letter has been now spread around and uh, translated, but, you know, I, I found the official translation in English to be faulty. If I would read that, I would uh, probably just double-think myself, so I just opened the original Russian letter, which is pretty long, which is why I didn't didn't um, share it fully on Twitter. I think it's better if I will read it here. But before I get to that, uh, here's some, some news for you. Currently, the situation everywhere in the northern and eastern parts seems to have been calcified. A lot of bombings, a lot of terrible things happening, but um, no major advances by the Russian forces there. However, the current current information is that on the southern flank, where there's where there's desert and the land is drier, without the Rasputitsa, the Russian forces are moving to make some inroads, and it seems that their plan is to basically cut off um, and make this kind of a fortress thing in east east of Ukraine. They want to split up east and western Ukraine from each other, and that way kind of encircling Ukrainian forces. So right now it's the south of the country where the Ukrainian army faces the most danger. And uh, and yeah, although although Russian army has been facing logistical issues th- uh, because of all this, uh, reminder that they also have special trained troops and special pipeline troops. So if this goes, you know, for long, then um, then they could fix stuff up and get their supply in order. So it's a weird situation here. Again, I'm firmly on the Ukrainian side, but I just don't want to be overly optimistic about this whole situation because we have to keep we have to keep it real. We have to figure out how to treat this. Also, there were news that um, the United States and the EU are now preparing for the worst case scenario if if uh, Ukraine falls, then they of course won't admit any puppet governments and they're trying to find out ways how to support guerrillas, but I hope it won't come to that because Ukrainian morale is strong and there are protests in occupied Kherson and in other cities and I think they'll fight until the end. 
I mean, you can't break this this spirit. And we'll get to this in the letter as well. Because even though I'm giving you the pessimistic things now from from the letter, you'll you'll hear some maybe maybe good news for the world. One other thing is that just recently before recording this, I heard a position from from a YouTube of one of the Navalny's team, Vladislav Milonov, and he spoke about the fact that Putin quite probably actually wants this war to escalate in a full-on conflict with the West, because in in his mind, is as as the Russian propaganda has been portraying this conflict, Ukraine is just a proxy for them. You know, they've been constantly telling that uh, this is actually a war against the West, and that if Russia hadn't invaded, then the Ukrainian puppets of the evil Western powers would have struck Russia, and that would be terrible. And right now, he's facing only Ukraine, and he's failing there. The objectives are not reached, and Ukrainians are providing a very stiff resistance. So that looks really, really bad for him, and he's not very mentally sane. At this point, we can acknowledge that, and he just wants some sort of greatness. And again, he's 69 years old, after all. I mean, he quite likely doesn't care if even he sends the world to hell, so we should be careful. However, sanctions are working for one. Sanctions are working, and... Well, some companies have already turned anti-war, such as Lukoil, whose owner managed to go from $21 billion of net worth to just $3 billion. He's still a billionaire, but that hurts him bad, because, uh, well, 92% loss of stock recently. So that's, that's something new. Basically, basically, yeah, we have, at least we have some, some good news about this whole situation. However, fights are still ongoing, but um, I'll get to the letter now. And like I said, this letter was was referenced multiple times, and everything was just um, just so weird. I really didn't want to even mention it, because it looked a bit fake, but hey, it got independently verified. So let's hope that, uh, well, this this is li- high likelihood of being, of being real. It was sent from one of the insides of the special services. Uh, this will contain this will contain uh, quite a bit of swearing, uh, obviously. But you know, if you're listening to the show, you you know that uh, I haven't been really shying away from that. <clears throat> I'll tell you honestly, I hadn't sleep in all these days. I'm I'm at the work almost all the time. My head is just swimming away already. It's like in a fog. And well, I can't can't already you know find myself any strength in myself and i'm just drifting and and i can't believe everything's like for real and it's getting difficult to be fair the box of pandora has been opened uh, next to the summer a real horror of of worlds of world scale will start and the uh, you know world hunger is completely impossible to escape russia and ukraine were basically the base uh, base exporters of of wheat in the world, and in this year the wheat, the the harvest will be much less, and logistical troubles will basically turn the catastrophe to some sort of a breaking point because of uh, the Russian and and um, yeah, this is a slight comment from me. I mentioned this yesterday. Yes, the the issues with world hunger they are coming, and we should be preparing for them. <clears throat> Continuing, I can't tell you what reasoning went. When was there upstairs when um, when they start when they approved and planned this operation? But uh, on us, on us, basically on his service, they're methodically just dragging all the all the hounds at us. We are yelled at. Uh, we are yelled at about analytics, and that's very according to my profile. So I'll under, So I'll explain what's 
what's wrong. In the latter times, we have been more and more, um, more and more, been forced to give our reports under the needs of um, of the of the operational higher ups. Basically, I was I was working on this subject, so we've been forced to write our reports in the way that the higher ups will just like them. All these political consultants, politicians, and their cohorts, all these teams of influence. All of this has created a, a chaos and a terrible one. The most important issue was that no one really knew that there will be such a war. They they hid it from everyone. And and here's an example for you. Let's just well presume, as a, an example, you are you are being tasked to prepare some sort of uh, in, prepare some some possibility of defending human rights and and human lives in various situations including the fact that uh, you know our prisons will be attacked by meteorites and you ask about the meteorites you you want to find out this and you're being told oh you know it's just it's just for the accounting just for the papers you know nothing like that'll happen and you understand that you're going to have to write this report only for, for the check mark, But, you know, you need to write this in a very victorious, glorious sense so that they wouldn't ask you, so that they wouldn't ask you many questions like, hey, why do you have so many problems? Are you really, really working that, that terribly? And, well, in, in total, an account and a report is being written where it, it's, it's said that if a meteorite falls, then we have everything to basically deal with the consequences, we are glorious, great workers, everything's fine. And after writing that stupid report, you concentrate on tasks which are real, because you don't have, you don't have manpower or, or energy to deal with some sort of imaginary threats. And then it, it turns out that really meteorites are being thrown at your prisons, and then they await that everything that was written by your analytics, which you just wrote like total nonsense into, that it'll all will work. This is exactly what happened. This is why we have a totalny pizdiets, or, um, you know, listen to my Russian math episode to understand that one. And there is no, there is no, and this guy says, I can't really even pick up another word to explain this. And there is literally no, no precautions and def defense from the sanctions for the very same reason. Well, you know, they, they probably will... Uh, will punish Nabiulina, the central bank leader of Russia, quite possibly about, you know, being lazy and quite probably, most likely, the mark to task the guilty guys from her team. But what are they guilty for? No one really knew that this war will happen, therefore no one prepared for such sanctions. This is the other side of being being very secretive. Well, if you didn't tell anyone, so how can anyone count on the fact and, and, and realize and react to the thing that you didn't tell, tell anyone about? And Kadyrov's gone crazy and he's getting mad. It basically didn't, the conflict hadn't even started for real and, and possibly even, um, <clears throat> sorry, and with us, basically almost the, his conflict had just started. He's, he's yelling at us. Maybe even the Ukrainians basically dropped disinformation that... Uh, we, uh, I mean, Russian secret services, basically gave Kadyrov's route um, and, and his special assignment routes and everything in the first days of the operation. The Kadyrovs, well, they were basically basically splattered in the march with the, the most, in the most horrific way. They didn't even start to fight, but they basically were blasted off in, in, in some places. 
completely blasted and destroyed. And then it started. Kadyrov just went nuts. He stated that, oh, it is the FSB that gave Ukrainians some, some, some roads. I don't, I don't have this information. And I give, give that, that about 1-2% to chance of it. You know, you can't, can't switch it off completely. Blitzkrieg has failed. We couldn't really do the task. It was just simply impossible. If we would have taken Zelensky in the first first one to three days and, and other members of the government, and if we would have captured all the key buildings in Kiev, if we would have given orders to basically read our order about surrender, yeah, then the then the basically we could have uh, we could have made the the resistance much much easier theoretically. But what now? Even in this ideal ideal option, there is still a big big unsolvable problem. With whom could we even sign a paper about surrender? If we bring down Zelensky, okay, great, but with whom do we even sign this this treaty? If if uh, basically if we sign this uh, deal with Zelensky, then after we take him off, those those signed papers won't even mean anything. Our uh, so-called military alliance also ref refused to, to even work with us. Medvedchuk, coward, ran away. There is the, the second leader, Boyko, but he also refuses to work with us. His own people won't even, him under, won't even understand him. Wanted to return Sarayev, but uh, basically, basically even our pro-Russian people hated him so much. Yanukovych uh, to be returned, but how? If we're saying that we can't occupy the country, so, well, any of our, any of our puppet government will be overturned in 10 minutes as soon as we leave. Occupy the country, but where will it take so many people? Oh, military, police, army forces, counterintelligence, security, the people of, admin of administration, even basically, uh, under, even basically with a minimal resistance to our forces, we would need about 500,000 and more people, not even counting the logistics systems. But there's a rule that um, if you... <laughs> If you kind of swap and try to, if you try to fix poor quality with quantity, then you're just making everything worse. And that this is, I, I remind you, in the possibly, possibly ideal, the most ideal option, which doesn't exist. And what now? We can't mobilize for two reasons. One, mass mobilization will just destroy the political situation inside the country. And not just that, economical and social too. And two, our logistics have been overwhelmed even today. Well, we'll stuff in an insane, insane continent there, and what we'll get. Ukraine is quite large uh, country by territory, and the level of hatred towards us is just going nuts. Our our roads just simply won't won't allow us by their capacity to to drag uh, drag um, caravans of equipment there. It's all gonna be just one big traffic jam, and we can't we can't even organize this because of all this chaos. And uh, these two reasons are squeezing us at the same time, although even even one will be enough to basically ruin our our our, our invasion there about the about the casualties. I don't know how many are there. No one knows there was some control in the first two days right now. nobody knows what's going on there we we We've lost uh, we've lost uh, basically some large we we've we've lost contact with some large groups maybe maybe we'll find them. Maybe they'll just dissipate if they'll if they're being attacked, 
and then even the commanders there they they don't know what what's happening next to them and how many people are going around them and how many have died and how many is is a pow the dead are definitely in in thousands maybe 10,000 maybe 5 maybe just 2 we don't know it in in the hq as well but it's probably closer to 10 and we don't count the LDNR, the separatist corpses here. They they are on their own. And right now, even if we kill Zelensky and we take him, uh, take him or we take him prisoner, nothing will change. There's basically Chechnya about the level of hatred against us. And even though even the people who were loyal to us, they, even they are against the this situation, because up there we planned and we were told that this this war won't be a, won't be an option even if only we won't we won't get attacked. Because they explained to us that there is a necessity to create a maximally kind of a believable threat so that we could peacefully discuss this on our, on our terms. Because we, we had created protests against Zelensky inside Ukraine without any, any kind of, without taking into account our, our prime invasion. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Further on, the losses of civilians will go in geometrical progression. And the resistance against us will just increase. It is impossible to enter the cities with uh, with infantry. We tried this already. Out of twenty, de- out of twenty uh, kind of assault uh, assault groups, only one had real real success. Remember, remember this. Remember the assault on Mosul. Well, th- this as a rule, that was basically uh, for every country nothing new. Siege someone. Well. According to experience uh, or, or in war conflicts in Europe in the last um, last ten years or so, and uh, Serbia here is the biggest biggest polygon of experience. People in cities in sieges these days can can be there for years and even function quite well. Humanitarian um, convoys from Europe over there to besiege cities is just a matter of time. We have a we have a kind of a we have a conditional deadline up until June. Conditional one, because in June we won't have economy. Nothing will remain. Basically, in, basically, kind of to estimate this, next week there will be a break in one of the sides. Just because in, in this super, super stressed situation, we can't, we can't predict anything else. There must be a break at some point. There is no analytics. You can't calculate chaos. There, you, can't, you can't say anything for sure. We have to work intuitively, and besides on emotions. <laughs> but this ain't this ain't poker for you. The stakes will increase, in the in the hopes that uh, there will be some sort of an option there. The issue is that we can't really we can't really just cal- over calculate anything, and one wrong move means the end to us. 
in larger lines, our country has no exit option. Well, basically, there are no options of, of potential victory. And if we lose, then that's it, we're done completely. We, we repeated the beginning of, of the previous century for 100% when we decided to kick the, the weak Japan and achieve a quick victory. And then it turned out that, well, you know, army's in, in trouble. Then we started the war until the victorious end. But, um, well, then we started to capture Bolsheviks for re-educatement in the army. They were marginals. No one really cared about them in the masses. But then no one, then Bolsheviks about whom nobody cared, they started to bring out anti-war, anti-war messaging, and then it all went downhill from there. Out of, out of the pluses, we did everything so that, um, so that there wouldn't be even, even the slightest hint of uh, so-called penal legions on the front lines. There are none of them there. And if you, if you send, if you send prisoners and uh, people who are mm, socially unreliable and political uh, so that, you know, they wouldn't uh, break the country from inside and the moral of the army will just go in the minuses instantly. But the enemy is motivated, hellishly motivated, knows how to fight. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of commanders and COs there that have been properly trained. They have weapons. They have support. We're just going to create a new precedent of civilian and human suffering on the planet. A new record, and that's it. What we what we are afraid of the most? Well, up there in the government, they work about uh, you know by the old Soviet principle of covering the old problem with the new problem. And a lot of this, in a lot of this, by these these amounts, uh, the Donbas in two thousand fourteen started when uh, we wanted to uh, when we when we wanted to basically throw away the attention uh, from the from the Russian Russian spring in Crimea or something, because, well, the Donbass crisis was kind of supposed to basically turn all the attention to itself and become a kind of a subject of trade. But then massive problems started. Then we decided to basically squeeze Erdogan on, on four pipes of the southern southern stream, and then we went into Syria. And that was, that was after Suleiman gave us uh, basically false uh, false data to us to receive to do to basically deal with his own tasks in total we couldn't uh, close the question about with crimea and there's also issues with donbas the southern the southern the southern stream squeezed down to two pipes and syria was is another is completely another headache for us if we'll go out from there they'll drop us instantly and that'll make us look like idiots but sitting there is hard and pointless. I don't know who figured out this Ukrainian blitzkrieg. If we were given real data, we at least, as the minimum, would would show that this beginning, but beginning um, pl plan is very difficult to pull off. That you need to replan everything, a lot of things. And now we're sitting in in shit, uh, right about somewhere next to our next to our necks. And we don't understand what to do. Denazification and demilitarization, those are not analytical categories because you, they, they don't have any parameters according to which you can even evaluate the, the success there and, and how you can actually achieve those tasks. Now we have to, now we have to wait, uh, wait for when some sort of yebanuti uh, or fucked up in the head advisor will either, either 
either convince the higher ups to start a conflict with Europe with um, with demands to lower some sort of sanctions. Either they either they lower them or war. And what if what if they refuse? Right now, I don't don't fully fully fully. <clears throat> right now, I don't fully turn off the fact that um, then we're going to go into a full international conflict like Hitler in 1939. And then our Zs are going to be basically the same as swastikas. Is there a possibility of uh, a local nuclear strike? Yes. Not in warfare Not in warfare plans, not in military plans. That won't do anything. That's a weapon of breaking a defense. But with, um, with a target to to cause fear into the remaining people... And uh, obviously we are preparing to basically pull this off and uh, drop all the responsibility for this to Ukraine. Narishkin, uh, with, with, together with all the other propagandists, are now digging through Earth to prove that they're, they're, they still had hidden some nuclear weapons over there. Blyad! <clears throat> yeah, uh, again, Russian mod. Uh, they are basically blasting through all the papers that we, we have already long, long studied and picked, bo- picked bone from bone. You can't basically use, you can't basically draw up uh, some some evidence on on your knee, and the fact that um, there is specialists and uranium and Ukraine has a lot of a lot of uranium two two thirty eight. It's about nothing. The creation of nuclear weapons, the 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 fabrication cycle is such that you can't do it without anyone noticing. You can't really make a dirty bomb easy as easy as well, because well. <laughs> They're, they're basically the, the fact that they're all the electrostations, nuclear plants, basically that they can produce weapons-grade plutonium, plutonium large quantities. Well, then the Americans such the Americans stuffed such a level of control there that even to basically to mention this is just dumb. But you know what, what's going to happen after a week? Well, maybe just two weeks. Huh. Well, we're going to be we're going to be closed off so brutally that we will start to even even get sad and nostalgic about the poor 90s. Right now, as they close the markets, Nebulion kind of, is ma- kind of is making normal steps. But that's just basically, uh, basically like, you know, like uh, squeezing, uh, squeezing a hole in your, or your boat with a, with a finger. It'll get through and it's going to get even worse. Nothing's going to get solved in three nor five nor ten days. Kadyrov is basically just yelling and, and being crazy, not just like that. They have their own the adventures there. He created an image of himself as the most important and undefeatable. And if he falls just once, his own Chechens, his own people will just drag him down. He won't be even, he won't be the the owner of the tape winner. Let's go further. Syria. You know, guys, hold on there. Uh, and we will we will basically deal with this in Ukraine, and then in Syria we'll we'll all hold uh, in positions. But now you know it, that you can wait that our contingent will basically uh, just run out of resources there and everything. Oh, there's going to be heat there. Turks are closing the straits, and uh, and what can we just drive drive our our supplies there with planes? This is kind of like uh, this. That's kind of like you know heating your your oven with uh, with with dollar bills. And just take note, we uh, this all is happening at the same time. We can't even we can't even basically put everything in one pile. 
we have a situation like Germany in 43-44. And that's at the very beginning. Sometimes I, I am already getting lost from, from all of this overload. Sometimes it seems that um, I am just sleeping and this is dream and everything is like before. By the way, in prisons it's going to get even worse. Right now they're going to tighten the screws so hard, uh, so hard that, that the earth will bleed everywhere. If, if honest, then purely, purely this uh, remains the only technical way how to hold the situation. We are all already in the regime of total mobilization. But we can't be in this regime for long. But, uh, you know, as, as this drags into months, it's going to get only worse. And out of total mobilization, the leadership is only dragging down and breaking down. Just imagine, if you can run 100, 100 meters while, while on, on a single breath and a single go... But you can't really run marathon with the same with the same effort. But basically, well, we in the Ukrainian situ situation went in there like we were doing a hundred meter dash, but uh, ca got caught in in the marathon about well difficult terrain. This is me very very uh, very very shortly telling you about the situation. Uh, and and the cynical. I'll only state that I don't believe that Putin will, will press on the red button to destroy the whole world. First of all, that's not just one person. It's not one person who does this and, and who basically uh, is responsible for this. Someone somewhere is going to slip off and not do it. And there's a lot of people. There is no such thing as united red button. Secondly, there is uh, quite a lot of thoughts and, and doubts that the system even functions, really. Experience tells us that uh, that the more control and the more more transparency the more it's easier to take out take out various errors and everything but you know there we don't understand who controls what and what's going on and there's a mess somewhere there i'm not sure that the system of the red button functions according to the data you know why would it our data doesn't work and by the way, you know, you have to change the plutonium charges every 10 years. And have we done that? No idea. And the third one, and that's the more, most disgusting and dirty thing. Personally, I don't believe in the readiness, uh, in the readiness to sacrifice himself from a person who basically doesn't allow not even the members of the Federation, nor goes Duma, nor even the closest ministers next to him. He is afraid of coronavirus. Or maybe he's afraid of the attack. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. If you are, if you're so afraid to even allow your about your own life to even allow the closest people, the nearest ones to you, to get close to you, then how can you even make a decision to destroy yourself and your loved ones at the same time? In case I would ever ask, but I won't be able to answer for a few days. We are in a total over overload regime, and um, and we have more and more talks going on. In total, our reports back to the government are brave, but everything's going everything's going to hell. And that's the end of it. Pretty long one uh, this time, but uh, yeah, what can I do? Oh boy, I needed to get this out today because this is important and this describes the whole situation. And as far as we know, this is quite likely a legit source because, again, it, this was double-checked and triple-checked and, and, and yeah... Hey, some of the things have been proven true, 
in this message because this um, this message was there a couple of days ago. Putin is really threatening about the sanctions. He's speaking about them as it was a declaration of war. A lot of things that you heard in this letter probably have played out as true in the news. Well, no one knows what's going to happen. But just a reminder of, of all this situation. Russian collapse is a legit possibility because Russia isn't a monolith state like the United States or China. Russia's a colonial empire. Think think the British Empire and its highest extent, except, you know, take all the territories and just attach them physically to the UK. Russia's a metropolis. It it runs on Petersburg and Moscow and and everywhere everywhere else is considered a and treated as if it's, it was a colonial territory, basically. All the businesses are registered in, in either Moscow or St. Petersburg. In total, like 95% of all Russian businesses are there, the big ones. So we'll have to see and find out, and it's pretty bad. But yeah, that's that's it for today. This was longer than usual, and uh, took me a lot of effort to translate. So, so yeah, I don't even know. Stay safe, stay informed, don't fall for disinformation. And that's it, товарищи.